Greetings. We've been singing of an awesome God. I hope and I pray that all of us will be captivated by this awesome God. His love, His grace, His power, His majesty, His glory, His ways, His words, His works are all awesome. The more we gaze into Him, we are captivated by His grace and His glory. Praise the Lord. I pray throughout our life that every one of us will be captivated by this awesome God. This awesome God has given us His Word so that we can glean and know Him much more intimately. So today we look into God's Word. I want to draw your attention to Luke chapter 18, 15 to 17. Luke 18, 15 to 17. I'm going to read it out. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Worldly I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. May Christ be exalted. Your word come with its grace and glory. May lives be touched and drawn to you. May wills become submissive to your word. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them. And we take victory in Jesus' name. To Christ be the glory. The church said, Amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, Blessings or Burdens? Blessing or Burden? We all know what it feels to have a blessing in our life. And we all have experienced what burden is like. Some blessings are the end results of bearing burdens with perseverance and patience. All blessings comes from the Lord. But even a blessing that is released upon our lives, we need to know and learn how to maintain them, how to sustain them, how to max them out, 
how to optimize your blessing. Praise God. The Bible says children are a reward from the Lord. The Bible teaches that offsprings, next generations, they are a blessing from the Lord. But you and I live in a culture and in a world that's changing. In some nations, they don't want offsprings because they are a burden. It consumes time, bird blessings as offsprings, as children, because there is time consumption involved. Sometimes a greater deal of sacrifice is involved in handling, in sustaining these blessings. In fact, some of the nations in today's world, they don't prefer having this blessing. Children, they have been importing them. In other words, the law of the land has made such that they have opened their doors for wide-scale immigrations so that they can sustain their population. Can you believe that? That there are people and culture in this world where they have chosen, opted not to have children because it's a burden. To some, it affects their future. To some, it affects their career. To some, it affects their size and their shapes. They want to maintain their looks. Listen, in order to sustain this blessing, offsprings, next generation, there is a price to pay. And all of us who are seated here this morning, and anyone who would hear this word today or any other day, I want to remind you that you are the end result of someone's sacrifice, sweat, labor, love that has been poured into your life. None of us came into this world six feet and 200 pounds. No. We all was carried for nine months. There is love and sweat and labor involved in our upbringing, in our groomings, in our mentoring, in our development. As much as we look up to the Creator and give Him thanks, we also need to give thanks to the Lord for our parents who have carried us, borne us through. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I draw your attention to the scripture this morning. The scenario is Jesus, the lover of souls, is having a wide-scale crusade. And people are all around him. Jesus' ministry was not simply talking and teaching. The ministry of Jesus was inclusive of tell and show and show and tell, meaning he demonstrated what he spoke. When he spoke the power of God, he demonstrated it by releasing the power of God. It manifested in lives changed, lives delivered, lives brought out of darkness, men 
mangled bodies put straight, minds that were crazy were set right because Jesus was involved in show and tell ministry. With all the demand on his time and energy, we see there is one group of people who pressed in with a totally different kind of need. The Bible says they brought their children to Jesus. With all this glamour that's going on, with all these power demonstrations that were going on, the parents, they also saw that it was important to bring their children to Jesus. Luke uses the term they. In Greek, the pronouns there meant means it's a masculine pronoun, meaning the fathers, the daddies brought the kids, the infants, the children to the Lord. Well, whether it was daddies or mommies, parents brought them to the Lord. Matthew, Mark, Luke, they talk about this in three different lights contexts. Interesting, isn't it? They felt through all this that was going on that Jesus needed to bless them. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what do they do? They come into the presence of Jesus with a request to have their children blessed. It's both our privilege, dads, moms, parents, and our responsibility. Our privilege and our responsibility to bring our children to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let me repeat it. It is our privilege and our responsibility to bring our children to Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why? So that they might be blessed by the Lord. Praise God. Now, how does this happen? You see, this parents who brought Jesus, brought their children to Jesus, they not only had to press through the crowd, but they had to break the ring that surrounded Jesus. They had that hindrance. The disciples were blocking them. The disciples probably had good intention. They did not want the master to be bothered with little children, with little kids, with little infants. After all, Jesus is busy preaching the kingdom of God and demonstration of the power of the kingdom of God. Why bring trivial things to Jesus when he's handling major stuff? Praise God. But the parents realize, after looking at Jesus, they realize a touch from this master can make an impact on their lives. Praise the Lord. Folks, let me ask you, has it ever passed through your mind that your children needs a touch from the master? Praise God. 
They came with a purpose. Their purpose was they wanted the master to bless them and lay their hands on them. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we see as they come with this dream or this desire, the access was denied. Access was denied. You know, when you become a celebrity, when your name is in the who's who, when you rise up in ranks, people become inaccessible. Jesus was very busy, but he was not inaccessible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He was accessible. Some time ago, I led a brother to the Lord. And he was, he resided in a different city. And he attended a church there. One day he called me. He met up with me. And he had a gripe. Listen to his gripe. He said, I'm not going back to church anymore. A new babe in the Lord. Just born again, a few months. Got baptized, got filled with the Holy Spirit. The Lord gave me the privilege to lead him to the Lord. And I, in the workplace, I used to, to have Bible study with him. And, you know, mentor him slowly. He went to a, a mega church. He came one day and said, this is it. I'm not going to church anymore. I said, what happened? Well, you won't believe what happened. I said, okay, what happened? He goes, he went to church Sunday morning. Worship going on. And he said there was this old, scrawny little lady that was sitting next to him. All of a sudden, she felt that she wanted to go and see the preacher. See, she got up with a cane. And she walked through the middle aisle. And she walked up into the front. Of course, the ushers blocked her. She said, I want, I want to talk to him right now. Right now. Of course, they stopped her. But, you know, some people are, you know, they have this, this super vigor and they are persistent. And she just pressed it and just, she just walked in. And he said, the unbelievable happened. I said, what happened? This is one of the ushers knocked her down. Now, I don't know, there might be a lot of explanation. Maybe, maybe they thought that she was carrying a bomb or she was carrying a handgun. I don't know. No crazy stuff happens. But my brother, who was a babe in the Lord, he was turned off. He told me, what kind of Christianity? What is this? Sometimes we become such big celebrities that we need bodyguards to keep people away. But Jesus was never like that. Jesus was never like that. The Bible says he rebuked his disciples and access was granted. Not only access was granted, the Bible says, he took the kids into his hands and he blessed them. In other words, the, it, it, it is using a very forceful language. Because they were denied access, 
Jesus reaches out to them and he lays his hands and blesses them. Now I want to tell someone here that's seated, maybe you feel that your access has been denied. I want to tell you there is one place that access is never denied and that is the throne of grace. Praise God. Then Jesus broke the barrier. Jesus broke the endurance. Today, he has broken every barrier that stood between man and a holy God. And he has reconciled us to God. Access granted. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every one of us are his children and we have access into his presence. Now, that's not where I want to dwell. I want to dwell on what the Bible says. You know, parents' responsibility of bringing their children to the Lord. Of course, that was physical, Jesus present, and they brought him to the Lord. But today also, every dad, every mom has a responsibility to bring your kids to Jesus. Now, how is that possible? How can we take our kids to the Lord? Believe it or not, it takes effort on our part to bring our children to Jesus. How can we bring them to Jesus? When you look into the scripture, I want to draw your attention to one word here, Job 1.5. I want to read this out. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Knowing his kids were vulnerable to sin and because they were young and wealthy. Job, the Bible says, after every feasting, after every partying, the next day early in the morning, this patriarch, this man would wake up and he would offer a sacrifice on their behalf. Hello. Not wake up and say, glory, 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 glory. That's good. We should do that. Look at the effort that was involved. The man had 10 kids, seven and three. And the Bible says for each one of them, he offered a burnt offering. For each one of them, he offered a burnt offering. So what does this mean? To bring our children to the Lord, it may take time and effort to bring our kids to the Lord. You and I have to find time to engage with God and bring our children into the presence of God in prayer. We have to present our kids to the throne of grace in prayer every day. It's a privilege to have children. 
but it is a tremendous responsibility as well. Praise God. Praise God. How much time do we take to intercede for them? That God would keep them and sustain them in grace. We have to expend our energy in order to bring them to the throne of grace. A lot of people think prayer is a joke. A lot of people think prayer is something trivial. Let me tell you, more things are accomplished on knees in the throne, in the prayer room with God. God will move nations. God will move rulers. God would move the authorities' heart when you are on your knees. Praise God. When you know the knee power, you will realize that you could accomplish more on your knees for your children, for what has been entrusted to you. Why bring them to Jesus? Of course, these parents, they were not satisfied with a good seat on the hillside gazing at this rabbi they decided they needed to get a personal touch. Have you ever thought that our children, our kids, our next generation would need a personal touch from God, a divine encounter with God? I know we're involved in a lot of programs. It's good. But the question is, you and I as parents, we need to press into the presence of God and ask for a divine encounter for our children so that their whole life perspective will be changed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you want them to get a personal touch from Jesus? You come and bring them to Jesus. Don't let it be just a show. Don't come into the house of God with a different purpose. Every time you come into the presence of God, whether it's in the house of God, whether it's in your house or daddy's house or mommy's house or sister's house, anybody's house, every time you come in the presence of God, engage, get engaged with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Interact with the Lord. Press into the presence of God. Don't sit around as if you are watching a show. Engage. Engage the Lord in worship. Engage the Lord in prayer. Engage the Lord in praise. Engage the Lord in giving to the Lord. Praise God. Engage. Praise God. Hallelujah. They insisted that Jesus laid their hands on their children. Let me ask you, as parents, we lay our hands on our children. When was the last time you laid your hands on your children? When was the last time you laid your hands on your children? Now, laying on of hands has multiple meanings. Some people, they have a very heavy hand when they lay their hands on their children. Heavy hand of discipline. Discipline is good. 
the Bible mandates it, the Bible approves it. But even as we use a heavy hand of discipline upon our children, when was the last time you laid a hand of blessing upon your children? Quite often we have a heavy hand for discipline and a very light hand for blessing. When was the last time you pronounced as a priest assigned in your home? As the head of your home, when was the last time you pronounced a blessing on your generation? As one who's a representative from the Lord into your family, when was the last time you spoke, pronounced blessing upon your offsprings? Praise the Lord. Why bring him to the Lord? Why bring her to the Lord? The Bible says children are a reward. The Bible calls it the fruit of the womb. Now there is a fruit of the womb and there is a fruit of the loom. The fruit of the loom has to be washed and cleansed. The fruit of the womb also needs to be washed and cleansed. What am I saying? What has been entrusted into our hands as they grow and as they develop, we have to cultivate the habit of bringing them into the presence of God so the water of God's word will cleanse them. Like Job, we don't have to go to the ranch and grab a bull and bring and offer a sacrifice. But let me tell you, equivalent to that we need to take time so that the word is imported into them so that they can be cleansed psalm 119 you and i know this how can a young man cleanse his way not automatically it doesn't happen overnight you have to bring him you have to bring her you have to bring him you have to bring her where? One, in your home. A home is a divine school. That is the primary place where God, God's word, God's values, faith values are imported into the next generation that has been handed to you. You know what the Bible calls them? They are arrows in the hands of who? Praise God. Arrows need to be directed. Arrows needs to be aimed at. Praise God. And the word of God, praise God, is the one that builds them, that makes them, that molds them, that mends them, that impresses the image of Christ upon them. And we as parents, as daddies and mommies, we have the responsibility to bring them and as they develop, they realize that it is God's word that they need to cleanse their life. Praise God. Hallelujah. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Verse 11 on 119.11. Thy word have I hid in, your, in my heart so that I might not sin 
against him. We as parents have a tremendous responsibility to bring them to Jesus. The word, praise God, allow the word to build them from inside out. Allow the word to control and direct their lives, their conduct, and their affairs in life. Praise God. Hallelujah. What's the big deal? Why bring them to Jesus? Why be touched? Why press and desire for a touch from Jesus? Well, let me tell you why. The foundations are being shaken. And if you don't feel, I don't know when you will feel this. If the foundations are shaken, how, what will the righteous do? What foundations? The very basic foundations of family. Family values are being shaken. What constitutes as a family is being redefined by the law of the land. What constitutes as what is an ideal home, an ideal family, as God's word calls it out, is being redefined by our education system. Our education system is infiltrating into the minds of our children, of our kids, of our young generation. They are trying to impress upon their heart the worldly ideologies. Today, people has learned to inject doubts, create doubts in people's heart, in our young one's heart. Am I a male? Am I a female? Well, I don't feel like one. Oh, yeah. Now everything is based on feelings. When was the last time you looked at yourself? As God made you, why would you let someone else import so seeds of doubt about your being, about how God has created you, how God has made you, how God has called you out? Why is the world having a say-so in our next generation? If they manage to win, it's because the word has not impacted and impressed upon their hearts in an impressionable time age. No wonder, you know what God said? The only way out of the spirit of deception that's running rampant in our systems, the worldly system, in our educational system, the only way out is coming to Jesus and getting a touch from him. You know what the scripture says? This is what God said when he gave the Shema to the children of Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9. I'll read it up. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord of our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be framed on the wall. These commandments are to be stacked up on the shelves. These commandments are to be put aside where the dust will gather on them. No, these commandments I have given to you so that it will be where I give you today to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Listen. The word impartation was never meant to be a weekend affair. The impartation of faith was never meant to be a one hour, half an hour, ten minute lecture or message from the pulpit. The primary responsibility is given into the hands of every father, every daddy, every mommy, every mother. Praise God impress upon their hearts sometimes we just bug them let me tell you get this bug in them it will take the bug that's in them out the bible says impress them what it means there is imprint imprint upon them now let me tell you i want to bring another another meaning to it become so impressive to your kids that they are impressed by your prayer life. They are impressed by your word. They are impressed by how you conduct yourself. They are impressed because they observe, watch, and learn. Ah, they observe in us. Praise God. They observe in us. Hallelujah. Hmm. When we sit in the service and we're doing something else, they observe us. When we sit carelessly, they observe us. When one eye is open and we are praying, they observe us. When we are doing so many things, they observe us. The other day I saw somebody praying. They were, I'm praying. When you engage with the King of Kings, praise God. Let our generation, our offspring, see how special. Those moments are. How hallowed those moments are. How sacred those moments are. That's how we impress them. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a Chinese proverb that goes like this. And this is applicable for any of us who have not been able to impress them. 
when I quote, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today, end quote. In other words, 20 years ago, we should have done something. What? Bring them to Jesus. If that has not happened, do it today. It's never late. Hope it's not late. Now, if your kids have grown up and moved away, look for kids. They're all over. In the church, in your family, among your nephews, nieces, they're all over. Find someone where you can impart and impress. What? Not your ideology. His word. Pure, pure than gold, sweeter than honey, and the honeycomb. Praise God. One that is able to make them wise unto salvation. One that will make them complete, perfect, mature man and woman of God. Praise God. Yes, home is a divine school. Church supports the home, the divine school. Thank God for our Sunday school. Thank God for the cornerstone kids. Thank God for our nurseries. Thank God for all our fellowships and all of our volunteers, teachers who pour in and out. But let me tell you, if the work that they are doing has to be effective, home has to do its work. When you go to school, you know, our kids come back with homework. We have homework to do. We have homework to do. We have to take time in this crazy pandemic that the world is going through to bring them to Jesus intentionally, not turn the device off. And let someone who's speaking on Zoom keep speaking while you are doing something else. If you do that, it will come back to haunt you. Write down what I'm saying. Don't play around. Don't play around. You sit with your kids as if you're sitting in the church. And even if they are sitting separate, it's okay. But make sure that they pay attention. Don't let your kids turn it on and go back to sleep. Don't let them just turn it, turn the screen off and do what they want. No. Even if they choose to turn the screen off, you keep an eye and make sure that they are attending. Do a spot check. But then, for you to do a spot check, remember, they are watching you too. If you expect your kids to study in the Sunday school, your kids are observing whether you are in their adult class. 
Watch and learn. They are, believe it or not. So hats off for all those who are laboring for the Lord in whatever capacity in the house of God. And I pray that you will see the fruit of your labor. Praise the Lord. Listen, when the disciples saw the kids, the infants, the children, what did they see? What did they see? They looked at them and said, they had a waste of time. They had a bother to the master. They are not important to the master, but you know what the master did? He rebuked them and said, bring them. Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. Let me lay my hands upon them. When you look at your children, what do you see? What do you see when you look at your children? Some see problems. Some look at them as pests. Some look at them as bother. Some look at them as problem makers. And some of them are. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you got to see beyond the surface. You know what Jesus saw? Jesus looked at them and saw the image of God. What do you see? Jesus looked at them and he saw the raw potential that was embedded in them. Jesus looked at them and he saw the promises waiting to bloom. Jesus looked at them and he saw books waiting to be written. What do you see? When you see your children, listen, if you can't see that in your children, you ain't gonna see that in someone else's children. Look at your children. Speak words of life. Pronounce blessings upon them. They are precious promises waiting to bloom. Don't write them off. They might be a scrawny little kid now. They might be a little girl with a ponytail now. They might be kids with teeth protruding. They might be kids with hairstyles that are wrong but God's promises are written all over that and you want to activate them take them to Jesus take them in your prayer room take them in your devotion take them in your private moments with God physically grab them I remember my parents Thank God for them. Oh, how we hated it. Every Wednesday, every Saturday, every meeting. No kid is in the church we are sitting. Everybody's playing and having fun. And we are in the meeting. Everybody's having a good time watching a movie. We are in the church. 
put us on two bus, took us because a man of God came, and he, they wanted them to bless us. As I was meditating this word, a memory that was hidden came back room. I remember my parents taking us to Kerala. While I'm far morning, woke all three of us, put us on two different bus back home in Kerala, dragged us, we had no clue where they're taking, took us to Pastor K.E. Abraham's home. We had no clue who he was, but they took the pain and the sweat and asked the man to lay hands on us and pray for, them, for us. What am I saying? You know, you might think that these things are trivial and we don't value a lot of things in life. But I've seen parents who bring their children to be prayed by the men of God. And I'm telling you, I have seen the difference. No, I'm not as exalting any man here, but I'm saying God honors your desire. Praise God. We need to have our spiritual sensories alert to know the move of God. To know when God is moving, when there is an anointing on someone and you bring your children to be prayed by them. When everybody's running their mouth, you felt it's important to bring your kids to be prayed. It makes a difference. Praise God. Those parents felt that it was important. Hallelujah. Bringing to Jesus means exposing them to work, exposing them to worship, exposing them to good teaching, exposing them to vibrant, electrifying worship, exposing them to men and women of God who can speak a blessing upon them. Ah, how we have lost such values because we are busy criticizing everybody. Let me tell you, if God decides to impart something upon your generation through someone that you don't appreciate and you've been talking bad, I'm telling you, you would lose the reward. You never know when God can speak a word and through whom. God doesn't need your and my endorsement to release a word, a blessing, a touch from heaven. Today, Jesus doesn't walk physically on earth. He uses his servants. Do you believe that God has a plan for your children? Do you believe that those plans could be activated? Do you believe that you have a role to play in it? Or you are passed it to the pastor, passed it to the deacons, passed it to the ch children's church, passed it to the Sunday school teachers. What is your role? God will hold you first responsible for what has been primarily entrusted into your hands. Take time.
time to bring them to Jesus. Hallelujah. God once surprised Jeremiah. He called him and Jeremiah said, hey, you must be I me. Mean, no, no, no. I'm a little boy. I don't know how to speak. And this is something that happens to all of us. He does not choose us because who we are. He chooses us despite who we are. He does not choose us because of our ability and our skills. Our abilities and our skills come out because he chooses us. Praise God. It is not because who we are. He chooses us. When he chooses us, he makes us who we should be. In a little known village called Anathoth, God tells Jeremiah, I'm going to make you my prophet. God defines your borders. He determines your borders for ministry. He decides when, where, how long you will minister, not the world. Get this right. In the realm of God. In the economy of God, God determines the boundaries. God determines the time. God determines the place. God determines the ministry. Praise God. God picks and chooses his generals and his soldiers. God picks and chooses his missionaries and his missions. God chooses his ministries and his ministers. You and I can join them. You stand against them. You will soon learn what it is to oppose them. This guy, nobody. He says, I can't talk. God says, come. I'm going to put my word in your mouth. You say you are in an obscure village. I'm going to make you prophet to the nations. God. Do you know what God can do with your children? He can define their destiny, determine their boundaries. And the ministry goes beyond his lifetime. Some of the stuff that God wants to do in our children will go beyond their lifetime. Because you are serving a God who is an eternal God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know my time is up. I'm going to wrap it up real fast. Praise God. The verse there talks about the kingdom of God. The second paradox. Adults should become like children in order to enter the kingdom of God. This does not mean we become childish. It means we must become childlike, have a childlike faith, have a childlike trust. One of the most obvious characteristics of children is their trust. Our children don't doubt that there will be food in the refrigerator, right? They don't. They simply go open it up because they know their father is going to 
provide. It's a trust. Now, in the food, whether it's finger licking good or finger foods, they know something's gonna there because they trust. Childlike faith means you're simply trusting in your heavenly Father. Praise God. So Jesus uses this to even teach us something that we have to become childlike to enter into the kingdom of God. Have a complete trust in Him. Second, one of the second characteristics of the children are even if they cannot explain a lot, they enjoy a lot. Isn't that true? While as adults, we want to explain everything. Everything has to be explained. Why this? Why that? Who not? Why not? Everything has to be explained. Children, they want to enjoy everything. God wants us to trust Him like a child and enjoy His presence. It's okay to ask questions, but don't ask questions for the sake of questions. Don't ask questions to corner because you will be cornered. Praise God. As a child, enter into his presence and enjoy the Lord's presence. The way to the kingdom of God is enjoying, just trusting in the presence of the heavenly Father because he has our backs covered. He has our table set. He has our heads anointed. Praise God. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Praise God. He delights to give you his very best. Question. Burden, blessings or burdens? You will decide. You will decide. What's sitting to your right? What's sitting to your left? What's at home? What's at school? They are promises, raw potentials, waiting to be harnessed into the realms of God. Question is, we as parents, would we yield ourselves and take the time, the effort to bring him into his presence and say, Lord, bless our offsprings. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you because you're a loving God. Lord, we pray that we as daddies and mommies, as grandparents, we will find delight in your presence and we'll find time to bring our children into your presence. In this pandemic, Lord, when the value systems are eroding, when priorities are becoming less each day, priorities are shifting, I pray that our priorities will be set. We will have time for God and our children will be found in the presence of God. So, help us God. In Jesus' name we pray. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us for now and forevermore. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.